what do you think it means to be without blemish as a woman? Really young is what I think that means. <laughs> I'm not there. I think you're without blemish. Oh, golly. I don't know what kind of rose-colored glasses you're wearing. <laughs> Let's get into my wife's blemishes. <laughs> That's not. Right now. Before we jump into today's episode, we just wanted to share a few things with you. First, we'd like you to like this episode and then subscribe to our podcast. If you're doing that on YouTube, also hit the bell notification so that you know when we post anything new and then share this with somebody that you feel like would be this would be beneficial for. That's right. If you would like to support our show further, uh, we would welcome that. You are welcome to do that at anchor.fm slash marriage by design to check out your options for supporting the program financially. Otherwise, guys, the links to our social media are always in the description of every video, so feel free to check those out there. And now, let's get to the show. Hey, everybody. I'm Nathan Warnock. I'm Andrea Warnock, and you've joined us for Marriage Monday on the Marriage by Design podcast, and this is a time where we get to talk to you about God's design for marriage, what the Bible has to say about marriage, and how we live that out practically. That's right. So we have been going through Ephesians 5 uh, and just taking a look at what does Ephesians 5 say? And uh, a few weeks back, we, we handled uh, Ephesians 5 verse 26, which talks about washing our wives in the word of God. And we had some conversation about, well, it's kind of a weird sort of thing to throw in there mm-hmm. um, when we talk about husbands' responsibilities towards our wives. And so we started to unpack that a little bit. And today we're going to unpack the rest of that sentence. Um, And so I want to read it to put it in context, uh, because Paul's really setting up two ideas here that he received from the Holy Spirit. That's why he's passing them on to us about marriage. Um, But he's really got two ideas here. The first idea is starts in this verse 25. And then the second idea is going to start in verse 28, which we'll cover in a week. Um, But verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. That's the first clause, and we're taking the very last part of that today. Uh, And then he'll set up a second idea next week, which is similar but different. And we'll talk about that next week. So the first one is husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. And then prequel for next week. Uh, the second one is husbands love your wives as you love your own bodies. So there's sort of two ideas here. The first one is saying, husbands, your role in marriage is to love your wives as Christ loved the church. And we talked about how Christ gave himself up for the church in verse 25. And then we talked about what it means to uh, cleanse and wash our wives with the word. We talked about that verse 26. Today we're going to talk about verse 27, which again says, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. So this is talking about what Christ did, does, and will forever do with regards to 
the church. And remember, this analogy ties into the reality that from the beginning, we see marriage is set up by God to be an example of Christ's relationship with his church, as well as God's relationship with us individually as his people. And that's why that throughout the the uh, church part of the New Testament, the church is referred to as the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. So the question then is, when it says, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, that's a continuation of verse 26. So the he is, is Christ, right? That Christ might present the church to himself uh, in splendor. So this is talking about a spiritual reality. And it's something that um, if you have walked with the Lord, you know to be true. And if you're new to faith or just kind of thinking about, man, what would, what would it look like to have faith with the Lord? There's a reality of Christ, which is through the Holy Spirit, when we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raises him from the God raised him from the dead, we will be saved period. That's a, uh, a, a, a change as Ephesians says from death to life. But as we walk in that relationship with Christ, constantly the Holy Spirit is going, Nathan, this thing that you're doing in your life isn't honoring to me. I need you to sacrifice that to me. The way you speak to your kids isn't honoring to me. Couldn't you be better at loving your wife for my glory? You know, there's it's a constant stream from the Holy Spirit of really culling my flesh, cutting back my flesh in an effort to make me more like Christ, Um, make me more uh, glorifying to him. And really, maybe that's the better way of saying it. We talk about, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, our our goal throughout our our Christian walk is to become Christ-like. But really, as this verse 27 points out really the purpose is to become more of a splendor to christ right to to make ourselves more beautiful for him because that's how we achieve salvation no no but because of this amazing sacrifice the lord made for us we want to make it. ourselves look beautiful for him because he deserves it. Right. So, uh, and, I, and this is where the picture of a relationship and a marriage can be really helpful. I mean, I don't love you more or less if you put makeup on or wear a, a beautiful dress or do any of that. Like I, that's, that doesn't impact whether I love you or not. Mm-hmm. So then why as a wife do you ever do that? Because it's nice to not look like I'm homely every day. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, because I because I want to do that for you. I mean, even though it doesn't... I mean, because it looks nice sometimes. <laughs> right. You might not... You don't love me any more or less based on what I look like. But it's pleasing right. to not always look like I'm rolling out of bed every day all day right and 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 we can you know you can you can expand this idea in your marriage to things outside of something you might think is as superficial as looks right i mean yeah i mean as you're sitting as you're talking i'm thinking why other than that the lord does desires 
it of desires for me to always be considering what is it that that I need to work on as a wife to be a better wife to you, right? I know that I know that that's what the Lord desires of my life. But if I were to put that aside, why in a relationship with you would I want to look at the things where I'm deficient or or need to get better at? Yeah. And become better at those well because because i want to give that to you i i i I want to be a better wife when we're when one of us dies to you than i was the day that we got married you know i want to for you to say man she grew so much in all these areas and she's she's so much better of a wife than when we got married and and because you deserve that so that's why and the same with our relationship with the Lord. Right. And, and we can even make this like super practical. Every week, and it seems to catch me uh, off guard every week, uh, you ask, hey, is there any meals you'd like to have for dinner this week? <laughs> I mean, that's a really like maybe a silly example for, for people listening. But, but I think the point is the same. Like if you made meals every night, Without asking for my opinion on that, do you think I would love you any less? No. No. So then why do you do it? Because I care about the things you care about. That's I care right. about, yeah, what what you want. And right. Yeah. Right. And, and that really, I think, ties into this text here is, well, why does, why does Christ through the Holy Spirit constantly call out those deficiencies and blemishes in us? Is it because we need to work harder in order for him to love us? No, it's because that's his way of telling us, Hey, here's how you can please me and glorify me as your Lord. And it's, there's better, you know, in there's better for you than right. this. Right. Is, is another part of that too. Right. Right. And so here in, in verse 27, when it says, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Meaning that we as the church might get all our pimples in order, spiritually speaking, so that we can present ourselves in a manner that can glorify the Lord the most. Because we need that in order for him to love us? No, because he loves us. And in response to that never-ending love, we desire to please and bring glory and honor to him. And unlike you and I, where you and I can audibly have a conversation, God doesn't always work that way. And so he, through the Holy Spirit, gives us those nudgings and pleadings so that we know more about who he is. And a primary way that he does that is right through his word, right through the, the word of God. That's why we take time individually and why we take time as a podcast to go through God's word because that's really where we learn, man, what what the heck are we supposed to be doing yeah. here in marriage or in, in our relationship? So what does this mean for us as husbands? Well, remember, this whole verse 25 through 27 is an analogy that's meant to instruct us as husbands in how we ought to be leading our wives. So what's the application of that? 
We're to love our wives as Christ loved the church and sacrificed himself for her, washed her in the word, and works to present the church to himself in all of her splendor. Now, it's easy for husbands, and, and tragically, I believe there are a lot of husbands that are immature, spineless men who read this to mean... Well, what I really need to be doing is making sure to point out all of my wife's flaws mm. because she needs to get those in order so that she can be presented to the Lord in splendor. Mm. Uh, to which I would respond with pretty much every verse in the Bible where God or Jesus says, quit worrying about being judgmental and worry about yourself. Um, because I don't know about you, maybe you're watching this and you as a husband have all your act together, but... Uh, if you're anything like every guy I've ever met, there's plenty of things that you can be working on yourself rather than pointing those things out in our wife. So then what does that mean? Does that mean we just ignore this verse? No. We do have a responsibility as husbands to be the spiritual leader in our marriage. That is our responsibility. So then what does that mean? Well, what it means is do we have a responsibility to call our wife to a more Christ-like uh, uh, lifestyle? Yes, I believe that we do. I believe this is shown way back in the garden when Eve was being tempted by the snake and Adam stood around and did nothing. And who was called out for that sin? Adam. Adam! Because he just, he didn't, he didn't care enough about his wife to get invested in presenting her in splendor spiritually to the Lord. So I do believe we have a responsibility to do that. But this is where men, we, we have to do a really difficult thing for men to do. And that's daily kill our pride. Because this is a surefire way to have a continuous and constant dis, uh, disagreement argument. What's the term Ryan uses? Squabble, uh, squabble, a squabble yes. with your spouse. Because it's really easy when you try and take the spiritual mantle in your marriage for, if you're not really humble about it, for your wife to get prickly. Uh, because part of the curse for her was wanting to be in control. And there's nothing that makes you feel less in control than someone else telling you, calling you out even lovingly in things that, that you need help with in your own life. Um, and so what the result for a lot of men in marriage is that they just don't. Right. I mean, we, we just, we ignore those difficult conversations and sort of just go, well, that's really between Andrea and the Lord, and she's going to have to deal with that. And, and, and of course, that's true. You do have a responsibility to deal with those things with the Lord. But I have a responsibility here to take up that mantelpiece as a husband and, and not be afraid to lovingly say, and, and I'm not even talking about, say, Andrea, sit down, thus saith the Lord. Mm. Like, I'm talking about leading conversations Right, uh, Andrea, let's talk about what you think the state of our relationship is. Let's talk about what do you think's going well 
parenting right now and what do you think's not going well, right? It's leading in those conversations because those conversations don't just happen. Like someone has to make a point of saying, hey, we need to talk about these things. And I believe that responsibility falls on us as husbands. And I mean, babe, would you say, I mean, it's got to be way over half of the couples that we meet with, like the number one, and I'm talking about traumatic relationships where there's infidelity mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm talking about just marriages where they're like, eh, this doesn't seem to be going well. And we sit down and say, hey, talk to us about what's going on. I mean, it's, is it not like one of the number one things women say is, I just wish he was more of a spiritual leader. Oh, in our yeah. Home. Lots. Constantly. Lots. Yet we as guys buy into this like, oh, it's going to be awkward and it might cause a fight. I don't want to do that. Like, we'll just sort of do our own thing. Um, and it's it's not taking up the role of leadership that you've been asked to take in your marriage. You've been asked to embrace those difficult conversations and not just to embrace them, but to lead in them. Uh, why? Because the Lord desires that your marriage be presented to him without blemish. Um, and that means your own blemishes and your wife's blemishes and the marriage's blemishes. Mm. Um, we should be a diligent in popping our own pimples um, <laughs> as, as a couple so that we can really present our marriage to the Lord in a way that as closely as humanly possible reflects his desired relationship with us as his church yeah what do you think about that babe how do you how do we how do you're a woman i am a woman how 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 do we and i know you've only had experience with one husband praise uh, lord but but how how do we what are ways that this is done right and what are ways that this is done wrong um, and I, and you're going to have to talk about some other couples because, I mean, obviously I've always done it right, but, but when we're talking about other couples who may have done it wrong, <laughs> what's that been like? Well, we do have the privilege of having a glimpse into a lot of other couples' lives. So, right. Well, the, the ways that it's done right, spiritual leadership is done right. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Or, 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 I mean, as you think about this, maybe speaking practically, how would you say, hey, husbands, here's a good way to approach spiritual leadership. Here's some not good ways to approach spiritual leadership. Maybe how do we approach conversations where your spouse is doing something and, and there needs to be some correction there? Sure. Um, how do we handle those things? I think approaching spiritual leadership, particularly if, particularly if you haven't entered into this as a man, haven't entered into this role before, mm. And even more so if your wife has been spiritually leading the home, it would be really good to sit down and in a completely non-accusatory, non-prideful, non-law, you know, type of way say, man, I just realized I've been missing the mark on this. And I desire to lead our family. And this is probably going to be a really tough shift for you and for me. And I recognize that. And so what do you, you know, ask your wife, what do you think spiritual leadership looks like in our home? I want to 
tell your wife what you think spiritual leadership look, looks like to you and have that conversation. Because I think yeah. if you if you are just to jump into it without a really deep conversation and an understanding between the two of you of how that's going to work and an understanding too that this is probably going to be a really hard transition and you're both going to work through that. Like right. it's not going to be smooth. You're probably get, both going to get feel stepped on at times. Yeah. And how are we going to handle that when that happens? All that sort of thing. I think it's better to have a conversation up front and as you're really entering that role than to just jump in yeah, and right. think that that's going to work well. So yeah, that's right. <clears throat> I, I think I think that's really key. And if you or if you feel like, hey, I've been trying to be the spiritual leader for a long time, and we just knock heads on this. Again, like have that conversation. Well, we have found, Nathan and I have found with a lot of couples that are saying, well, I really, where the wife is saying, I really wish my husband was the spiritual leader in our home. A lot of times it's that she is thinking of a spiritual leader from her, that from her life at some point and wanting the husband to model after that. Yeah. Most typically, like, I mean, most typically, a, like a dad. If you grew up in a Christian home, dad, grandpa, something like that. Or she came to faith in her adult years and she had a some sort of male mentor, male right. spiritual mentor. You know, anyway, usually, yes, it's some sort of male spiritual mentor in her life that she... We've seen this so many times where she's like, well, I just wish you would read the Bible every morning to me like like pastor so-and-so did yeah pastor Bob did to his wife and I watched that when I lived in their home or I wish I wish you would hug me exactly this way and and whisper in my ear your prayer for me that day you know anyway so sure I think I think um oh I'm trying to get better about saying um it's really (laughs) I said it it's really good to ask your wife too. like, is there somebody that, that was a spiritual leader to you that you, you've seen do things that, and then you can talk about, Hey, I think that's a really great idea. What you saw from that spiritual leader in your life, or that's not going to work for us or whatever, but also, Hey, I'm not going to ever be that person. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to be this spiritual leader. I'm my own person. As the husband, you know, not I, a I'm, spiritual leader. You're not going to be this particular person. Right. You're, I'm, you're, right. Exactly. You're, you're I'm not going to be to. Pastor Bob. Right. I, I am my own person. I have my own. This is my own family, different family, different life. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to be that person. So let's create a new. Spiritual what we flow. want to be. Right. 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 So I think that's I think that's a good way to do that when it's maybe not been done before or not been done well. Can I interject with a question on this? No. Thank you, though. So then my next one. Yeah, of course. Uh, So what happens if that's not received at all? Like like either it's received really poorly or, you know, perhaps there's someone listening whose spouse is like not a believer and is like, I don't even know what you're talking about. So I don't really care what you do. Yeah, that's tough. I think if it's if it's two believers and it's not received well, then you just have to march ahead. Maybe that means you're as the man, you're marching ahead with your spiritual leadership and your wife is kind of in opposition to that. And that's really hard. 
but you know, do the things. Maybe there are things where you wish she was involved in and she's just not at that point. I really love but, what you said, though. It's not an option. It's not, hey, if this doesn't go well oh, with yeah, your no. wife, then just don't worry about no. it. No. You're called to be the spiritual leader of your home. You get, you do it. Right. Whether your wife approves or not. And whether your wife's a believer or not. But you also don't need to steamroll her That's purposefully exactly right. in the process. This you know, where that it's humility not, comes it's in. It's not the get under my thumb. Right. It's exactly I'm right. going to... I'm going to... Tamp you know, you down, tamp you in down into this role. Yeah. If she wants to keep trying to do her thing, the best thing for you is to do what the Lord has asked you to do. Pray for her and keep moving ahead. Yeah. You know, this is one of my favorite tongue in cheek, uh, things that I say when people are dealing with a husband or a wife that, that does not want to submit to the Lord. Your role in that situation is to duck and let the Lord hit them. For sure. Um, and the Lord will. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm speaking tongue in cheek, spiritually speaking, but the Lord will bring correction if they're a, if they're a believer and they're choosing to not be submissive in the case of a wife or, or choosing to not take a spiritual leadership role. If it's the husband, the Lord's going to call them out on that. Um, your role is not to drag them to the foot of the cross. It's to duck and let the Lord hit them. Yeah. The role is to keep doing what you're called to do and pray for your spouse. So, yeah. so that's if there's two believers. If you are married to an unbeliever, then again, take the spiritual leadership. And if you have kids, involve them in going to church and all that sort of thing. And pray for your, pray for your wife that yep. she'll come along and, and keep extending a graceful invitation to that. Not a, not a condemnation right. a condemning type invitation right. to her joining you but but i would say too, make it make the invitation make it known that she's continually invited right into agree with that. that spiritual relationship with the lord of course but into that into that world with you right and maybe she'll step foot in that at some point and it'll take her a while to come to faith or maybe she won't you know i don't, I don't know but Prayer is a bit is a powerful thing, no and doubt. so I would say yes. E your option is to lead your spouse and your family spiritually. That period, like that's your option, right? Right. <laughs> and pray for your spouse, right, to come alongside that. Yeah, I would I would share this concept, and we've spoken about this on the podcast from time to time before, but I think now's a good time to share it again. This idea of moral authority. And uh, it's based on a concept I first read in a book by Andy Stanley called Visioneering, which is, uh, regardless of what you think about Andy Stanley, and I have feelings about uh, <laughs> Andy Stanley, uh, the, the book's good. Uh, it's kind of a vision casting sort of, sort of book. And in it, he talks about this idea of moral authority. And basically what he's saying in this concept is, in order to share a difficult message with someone they have to have some reason to listen to you. It's this idea of internal credibility, right? And if you're honest, you may be looking at this going, I don't know that I have a lot of that currently with my spouse. Well, then you're going to have to have some patience while you build that, right? And how do you build that? Well, 
you build it by doing the other things that Paul said, be a sacrificial servant to your spouse and to your family. Um, start with yourself, right? If, if there's nothing more, more off putting than someone who we know is spending zero time in the word of God or in prayer telling other people all about what the word of God says. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's hypocritical. It's off putting and it undermines your position as a spiritual leader. So start by getting in the word of God. And if you've never been in the word of God and don't know how to start, um, Start in John uh, and just read through the Gospel of John. But then you can Google, and there's all kinds of reading the Bible in a year. Uh, I do, with my Bible study guys, we do reading through the Bible in four years. So it breaks it down into little smaller bits so that we can really dig into that. I think if you're, I would, I would suggest, maybe you would not, if you're new to the Bible, like you have hardly any history with it you don't have you don't really know where to start or whatever i think reading through the bible in a year is really great you're gonna that's a very quick read of the bible i know that seems crazy but that's a very quick read of the bible and then once you get that one time through then i would slow it down and maybe do a bible in two years or a bible in four years or whatever yeah but yeah starting with the book of john is great because then you can get an idea of who Jesus was, what the gospel is. Right. What Christianity really is. Right. right. And then start with a Bible in a year and, and do that. It'll be a crash course in the Bible and then slow it down after that. But as you do that, you will naturally begin to see your leadership role in your home change. Um, and that's if you're a guy or a girl. Um, because you will have a better understanding of what it is that the Lord asks of us as his people. Um, and what does it mean to be submitted to the Lord, to the master Jesus Christ? And what does that look like within our marriages? Uh, and and as Paul says here, that means, guys, we have to embrace uncomfortable and take that leadership role. Yeah, now the w- women, this does not let you out of having your own deep intimate relationship with the Lord. No doubt. Just because you have a a spiritual leader in your home doesn't mean that you can rest on his spiritual leadership for your salvation or your depth of spirituality, depth of faith, all that sort of thing. You're still required to lead your own relationship with the Lord. Yeah. He's his faith is his commitment to the Lord, his, um, you know, whether he's submitted his life to Christ and is saved or not has nothing to do with you. Yep. I mean, he may have impacted you to your own faith or you may have impacted him to his faith, but he's not going to stand there with you on judgment day. As the Lord says, on what basis should I let you into eternity? Right. If it's not your relationship with Christ, then the Bible teaches you're not getting in uh, regardless of whether your spouse is or is not. And it's, it's more than that too. It's more than faith is more than just, I hope it, I hope you, that people realize is more than just what happens with eternity. It's having a relationship with the Lord now, a deep, intimate relationship with the Lord now. That's right. And to rely on your husband to lead you in that 
and not have your own deep relationship with the Lord, man, you're missing out and you're doing yourself a disservice. You're doing your husband a disservice. You're doing your family a disservice. Um, so, oh, there's the um again. <laughs> so nailed it. Be really careful to not if you if you have a great spiritual leader, which is a huge blessing in your family. That doesn't mean that you're not a leader of your own relationship and a leader of your children too. Right. That's right. So it's super important to have to have a deep relationship with the Lord yourself, sort of to match Him. You know, you want to be equally yoked. The, the Bible talks about about believers being equally or unequally yoked that doesn't necessarily just mean hey as a believer you shouldn't be married to an unbeliever well you should really be married to somebody who's equal right desire for the lord understand you know spirituality is really kind of equal to your own so it's important i think i think too what what spiritual leadership is so you had asked what does it look like or the good and the bad or something leading well is yeah having conversation and and leading a lot of times just by example yeah and try and recognizing that I mean, you should probably be talking better. You should probably, you would probably talk better about what leading well looks like because you do it well, but I see it. So Nathan leads a lot by example and, and that alone is prompting to me and is energizing to me to get my spiritual life, Mm. you know, intact if it's not, or spurs me on and his, obedience to the lord inspires my obedience to the lord Mm. so a lot of times for him i think it's by example and it's making the small right choices you know praying about things before we do them and continuing to choose the things of the lord and not the things of the flesh Mm. and i and i see that in his life and it's and it spurs all of us on in his family to do the right things when there's big hard decisions we deal with those together. We we pray for, through those together. We're talking through those together. And really at the quote end of the day, he's if we're not in agreement on the decision that should be made, he's making the decision. But that mm. doesn't mean that I didn't have a lot of input sure. and that we didn't have discussion about that. You know, so spiritual leadership or leadership in your home doesn't look like, oh, I just make the decisions all the time without any input from my wife. No, or that's, she poor, that's poor leadership. It is. And he, and he considers that, you know, it's not like I say, Hey, this is what I think. And he's like, I don't really care what you think. That's not, that's not it at all. So taking into account what your wife thinks and what she feels like she's hearing from the Lord, but, but really the big decisions are up to him. And that's an important distinction too, is like the big decisions, because if, as a spiritual leader, if you think, Hey, I'm going to micromanage every single thing in my home (laughs) and make all the decisions for my home first of all you're probably not married to a woman who can't make her own decisions and can't right and probably make them better than you in a lot of areas and and she's probably perfectly capable of running a lot of things that you don't need to micromanage and run right so so 
on the other side of what's what spiritual leader is not it's not taking charge of all things in your home and making all decisions in your home right it's realizing the things that are i mean i think as far as decisions go what are these big decisions that i'm ultimately going to have to make the decision on or be responsible for 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 the lord and okay i guess i'll i'll make those right but i don't but you don't need to micromanage every facet of our lives that's right yeah that's right so that's 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 a misunderstanding of spiritual leadership it's good the micromanagement part but yeah it's a process right that's right spiritual leadership following spiritual leadership um for for women it's a process that will live out our whole lives that we get to perfect our whole lives that's right and you if you should you should all just get tips from nathan because he does it really well wrong what do you do but i appreciate that thank you thank you uh look guys this is a big it's a difficult issue um but it's one of those things that i believe is missed by men and women in marriage um and it's just sort of cast out this whole idea of, of husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. This whole verse, Ephesians 5, 25, 26, 27, really spend some time thinking about those because they're sort of um, amorphous a little bit. And and so, so it's difficult to parse through to what that actually means for my life. And so we just kind of go, I'm uh, moving right along. Because the next part that we're going to get to next week is a little easier to understand carnally. Like it's a little easier for us as humans to understand that. But but there's a reason why Paul says, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. And he says it first mm-hmm. before the second analogy mm-hmm. that he's going to use. And let's not skip over that. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. A little bit of a longer episode today. Um, hopefully you stuck with us. Uh, love to have you share this with someone who you think it would be impactful to. Um, as a programming note, we are working with uh, a really good friend of mine to put together a website so that we can uh, have these uh, audio and, and video podcasts hosted on our own separate site and, and we'll still put searchable. them on yeah and easily searchable um and we'll still put them on youtube and and anchor and the rest as long as they allow us to do that um but we'll also have them hosted privately so if there's ever a time when uh we're not allowed to have them on youtube or one of these other podcasting sites there will still be a way for you to access them so guys thank you so much for joining us again hope that you have a great week and until next time remember god is for your marriage <laughs>